Oh, Chuck Dabble, what a whoop. Chuck Dabble, what a whoop, baby. Mama, tell him how I got the sauce. Did I have it when I came up out the room? Oh, yeah. What's up, guys? We are going to talk about the new trade deal that is replacing NAFTA. Now, the government is agreed. It's called the USMCA, United States, Mexico, Canada Agreement. Basically, it's replacing NAFTA. NAFTA was the North American Free Trade Agreement. Right. So basically, Trump gave a deadline to Canada, who was refusing to meet. But then they said they weren't refusing to meet. And Donald Trump threatened that he was going to tax vehicles or put tariffs on vehicles from Canada. And then they meet and they agreed. It was the um, the deadline was the uh, last day of September. So they agreed. So the new deal that's supposed to fix the uh, deficiencies, the president's uh, statement is that it's supposed to fix the deficiencies and mistakes in NAFTA, greatly opens markets to our farmers and manufacturers and reduces trade barriers to the U.S. This and will bring three our three great nations together in competition with the rest of the world. The USMCA is a historic transaction. Okay, so now we go over to some points from the NAFTA uh, NAFTA replacement would give the U S the ability to limit cross border trucking program. So this is by James Jallet and the United States of America, uh, the United States, Mexico, Canadian agreement. The USMCA is a newly announced trade deal that, that uh, trade deal meant to replace the North American free trade agreement. It will allow the U S over uh, control over the existing cross border trucking program, um, allowing the allowing it to cap the number of Mexican domiciled carriers who receive U.S. operating authority. Okay, this is the trucker part of it. Okay, now the USMCA also is going to raise manufacturing cost. Forty five percent of a vehicle made, say in Mexico has to uh excuse me 45 percent of the vehicles made in the united states of america or canada the workers have to make at least 16 dollars an hour okay so and 74 percent of any vehicle sold under this agreement in the united states of america or canada or uh, mexico 74 percent of that vehicle has to be made within one of these countries okay so that's their agreement Okay, that means manufacturing costs are going to go up. Now, they did also allow more milk products to be shipped towards Canada uh, because Canada was charging tariffs on milk products, which basically means if you haul milk such as formula or something like that, you may see an increase in Canadian deliveries. We'll see what happens. Um, The current as far as the automotive thing, you got to worry about the automotive companies going over to China. Okay, because for those who don't know, um, Last time I heard, the lovely company of Apple, the American company, bowed out of this situation. Basically, Donald Trump has been lowering tariffs in, in a trade war with China and other countries. Uh, they came to, they went to China, and they went to the United States of America, and they said, "We don't want to be involved. Let's make a deal." <laughs> so, this big company used this leverage to keep themselves out of that trade deal. Now, with the president creating basically a minimum wage for vehicles to be manufactured within these three countries of, you know, 45 percent of the the workers that make the vehicles, basically over 50 percent have to make sixteen dollars an hour. 
That means that what we've actually done (laughs) in this case is um, created a minimum wage between the three borders in in some sense. Um, And this new minimum wage is going to raise manufacturing costs, which means going overseas is a better option if you're a company trying to lower costs. Um, I believe the $16 an hour for an average Mexican um, automotive manufacturer is like a 30 or 40% raise. Okay, or I think it's 50% raise. So that means they were making nothing, right? And selling cars that cost 60 grand, all right, or 40 grand, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so the, the problem now that I see is that our president has to negotiate a better deal with China. Um, I don't know if he's, if he's going to have to do it with a lot of countries overseas because there are a lot of other countries, not just China anymore, that will make these vehicles super cheap, right? So the question is now, what how does this influence those trade deals because the leverage i think he had on a lot at least with china was um apple and now that apple has been able to bow out with a deal between both countries they don't have to worry about that so it's going to be interesting to see how this really affect the to me the fallout of this will be determined by what happens with other overseas negotiations primarily china because companies already like ford gm chrysler a lot of other companies already have a base in china you know what i'm saying they already have a lot of setup there so let's see what happens and, and china is beginning to move to africa which is for those who don't know they just offered i think like 60 billion dollars no no um no um strings attached to africa because they're going to africa to get cheap employees huawei and other countries are also going to africa to get cheap employees and also the middle east you know china's shifting from being a third world uh, low pay company to a high pay company country excuse me high pay country that is getting ready to compete you know and dominate the world <laughs> and and uh it's going to be interesting to see how trump deals with that situation as much as people may not like trump right he is right to renegotiate these deals because the world is not what it used to be china's not a little you know broke place that we go manufacture products anymore i mean it's quite a few people there who are not broke and you know they're they're uh they're a real competitor to the united states of america and it's about time we got started on that you may not like trump but you gotta admit he has something when it comes to this this definitely needed to be renegotiated whether it's going to end up being good I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, guys. But I can hope it is, you know, because ultimately the success of the president, whether you like him or not, usually leads to the success of all of us. That's what we hope, <laughs> right? So, um, uh, the original NAFTA bill. I'm just going to go over this last little part. The original NAFTA bill was signed by Bill Clinton back in 1994. And to think about, we've been under the same bill since 1994 and it's 2018. The Federal Motor Cases Safety Administration, after a three-year pilot program began in January 2015, allowing any Mexican domicile carriers to apply for U.S. authority. However, the so-called annex with the USMCA deal, the U.S. and the U.S. authority to limit the number of carriers who can obtain U.S. authority it even allows the U.S. to put in a modern, uh, basically allows the U.S. to limit companies based in Mexico applying for U.S. authority to that could undercut the U.S. truck driver by charging less per mile or the U.S. Um, U.S. trucking companies by charging less per mile. And so it just keeps the operating cost of vehicles all the same 
for all of us. The Teamsters are happy about it. A lot of companies are happy about it. The ATA is happy about it. So let's hope it all pans out. But that's what NAFTA really means for us. Uh, let's go. And the last thing I'll read on that is... <sighs> it's nothing else. That's really what it covers. So that's what's going to affect us. The question is, what's going to happen to manufacturing? Yes, it does allow the uh, DOT or FMCSA to limit the um, the um, Mexican domicile carriers. What domicile means is that the carriers are based in Mexico. So that means they have a lot less operating costs in a company. You know, their mechanics are cheaper, their workers are cheaper, their drivers are cheaper. So they could undercut a tr- an American company and pretty much lower the price of freight. So this is going to hopefully keep freight price prices high, but we could end up losing manufacturing because of the $16 requirement and the fact that Apple, the biggest leverage weapon America had with China, is now not even on the table. So we'll see what happens with that. All right. Hopefully that broke down NAFTA and what I think the concerns are. If you have some concerns that I didn't say or some point of views or some questions, put them out there down in the comments and I'll try to answer them. All right, guys, moving on. Now, I get this question all the time and I'm going to go over three carriers. Prime Transportation, Prime Transportation, Crete Schaefer and Milton. All three of these companies take rookies, people who have no training, and they will all train you to drive a semi truck. Now, here's your problem that you're going to have with me. You need to think, think about the money, okay? So I want to say most of these companies are going to get you in at around 50 cents, okay, 50 cents after about a year. You're going to be pretty close to 50 cents, 46 cents to 50 cents. So we're going to say we're going to take 50 cents times 2,500 miles, which gives you 1,250 miles, Then we're going to take that 1,250 and we're going to take about 425 from it. Okay. That should get that because what I usually do is I take the, um, the, I take about 0.3, I put times 0.34 times what you get paid. So if you get paid um, 1,250 and you say times 0.34, that's usually what comes out of your check. About $425 every week is going to come out of your check because the 1,250 is gross, right? you're going to be left with about 800 bucks. That's going to be the minimum that you can that you go on, that you're going to make. Now, usually the way trucking works, when you go to a company and you've done your year, is you're going to make that base rate. And some of these companies are going to be 46 cents a mile. Do the same math, put in 0.46 times 2500. Okay? And there you go, equal. That's 1150 times 0.34 391 so we're going to take away 400 that leaves you with 750 dollars a week after taxes now you're going to have some weeks where you do 3,000 miles typically the way it goes in trucking is that you do 3,000 miles we're going to go 3,000 times 0.50 that gives you 1,500 dollars and then we're going to go 1,500 times 0.34 and that's going to take you 500 500 <clears throat> excuse me, $510. So take away $510. That gives you nine ten. Okay. That includes your savings. That includes your health care. That includes your taxes. All right. So if you're putting a significant amount of money away and you're putting a significant, and you got your, you, you were one of these people with kids, you're going to be looking at that amount. Can they, can you live off that? 
If you can't live off seven, eight, nine, or a thousand dollars a week, I would not recommend you get into trucking because that is where everything's going to start for you. If you want to get beyond those amounts, you're going to have to go do something specialized. Okay. And it's going to involve some risk and some time, some hard work. If you're not willing to do those things to make your life better, then I wouldn't even get into trucking. Let me say that again. Don't get into trucking if you can't start out at seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a week. Okay. Then don't get into trucking if you can't go above, let's see, at a weekly gross, let's say you make it anywhere from I think one of the highest paying companies that I just looked at a couple of days ago said they make eighty thousand dollars a year. We're gonna take eighty thousand, we're gonna times it times point three four, comes out to twenty seven thousand dollars. So we're gonna take our eighty thousand, we're gonna take away twenty seven thousand. That leaves you with 53,000 divided by 52 comes out to 1,000, one, uh, 1,019. These are the, this is the highest paying trucking company, one of the highest paying companies out there. OK, that's what the money is. OK, if that's not worth it to you, don't get into trucking. Let me repeat this. This is why we have such a high turnover rate. People need to put things in reality. OK. Because that's what you're going to make. Let's say you go to a company. Let's say you go to a car hauler. I'm going to give you another example financially. Let's go. You go to a car hauler. I just saw a car hauler today that I believe pays a dollar. They pay a dollar. I think a dollar a mile. Okay. So a dollar a mile. We go 1.00. And we go. That's 300 miles. They average 300 miles. So that's $300 a day. So 300 times 5 is 1,500. Okay, now nine times out of 10, you're not going to do five. You're going to do six most likely. Right. So six. So we're at $1,800. So we times that times point. Now we're going to go a little higher on this one, 0.40. And so we're at $720. So we take the 1800 away and we take away $720. Now you're left with $1,080. Okay. So do you see how I did all that? Right. All right. Now, people are going to agree with me. People are going to disagree with the amount I took out. That's not the point of this. The point of this is the average person who's making 80 grand, whether they're a truck driver, uh, a scientist, whatever the fuck you call them. That's what they're pulling in. Let me repeat that. That's what they're pulling in. The difference is they pay 200 grand to get their education. You might pay five, six, seven at the high end. That's what you might pay to make the same amount of money in the future. When you got your experience, you go do a niche and you work your your ass off, say, in car hauling, as an example. If that's not good enough for you, don't get into trucking. Let me repeat that. Don't get into trucking. I am tired of listening to guys tell me 70,000 is not enough. 80,000 is not enough. Why did you get in this game then? You people quote weekly amount. The other day, I'm sitting there listening to an owner operator, right? He's also recruiting. He starts telling me about how he's looking for a company, blah, 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 blah. And you know, of course, he starts belittling what I make. And I don't understand how he thought that was a good recruiting tactic or that I was going to be like, oh, I got to be an owner operator. Dude, I'm aware owner operators take more risk. That's why they get more money. And sometimes that money goes in your pocket, and sometimes that money goes to rebuild an engine. I'm not fucking stupid. Just like a scientist, an engineer makes more money than a truck driver often. Right. But I ain't got continuing education. 
Don't think you go get that engine. I see guys all the time. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school and do what? I'm going to become an engineer, programming. Okay, you're going to school for the rest of your life. So even if you make that $80,000, $120,000, you got to keep paying for school. There's always some shit in the game. There is no pure, magical world. So stop quoting these numbers. A lot of you guys say, man, I, I kill to make $80,000 a year because you make $30,000 a year. Then when you make $80,000 a year, you haven't paid attention to the money. All you did was lift up your expenses to the point where $80,000 a year ain't nothing. And then you call, you like, Ken, you lied. I didn't lie. That's why often I don't tell you about three companies to go to. Because those companies and what they pay, you can search for online instantly. But what they pay is not magic. You got to work for it. You got to grind for it. You got to put the time in. And if you can't do that, don't get into this game. Don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. All right. Last thing I'm going to tell you is get a company that's close to your house. I say this all the time. And the reason I say it is very simple. If you are on the road for five weeks, let's say he's planning to go out for five weeks, right? Truck breaks down, right? But you're close to a terminal that's close to your house. You can go home during that time. And then when you come back out, you just got some extra home time and you can go out and do your full five weeks instead of being in California, a million miles away from your home in New York. And you just wasted a week, right? Broke down. And now you got four weeks to make your money. Start putting this stuff down with mathematics, okay? So you understand exactly what you're getting into. Don't get into this industry and you can't live on it. I just thought that own operator I told you about that I was talking to was giving me that bullshit, right? This dude is making, the company he's with is making, he's making, after everything is said and done, he's making about like 70 cents per mile. And that's still not enough for him. I'm talking after payments, after truck, after maintenance, after payment, everything. 70 cents a mile is still not enough. You need to get rid of your payments, bro. <laughs> That's like I talked to a driver one time who was telling me that. And he got a Corvette at home. It's time to make boo walk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, to, baby, you gonna, you about to have to walk because we're going to sell this vet. Stop living in a fantasy land. Break down these amounts of money that people get paid per week into math. Divide it by 52. All right? Y'all sit there and, you know, you think. You can't live that way. Believe me, dude, I've seen so many people, no matter how much they make in trucking or anything, they still end up broke. What you make is about what you keep. It's not what you make. Gross don't mean shit. Don't mean shit. Let me repeat that. Gross don't mean shit. It's what you keep. Okay. And sitting there telling me, oh, man, oh, $800 a week ain't nothing. Really? Let's let's break that down mathematically. Eight hundred times fifty-two. That's forty-one thousand dollars cash in your pocket. Forty-one thousand dollars cash every year in your pocket. Forty-one thousand dollars cash every year in your pocket. Let's break down seven hundred. Seven hundred times fifty-two. Thirty-six thousand dollars cash in your pocket. Let's break down a thousand dollars. Well, we know that's fifty-two thousand dollars right there, right? That's cash in your pocket. I'm talking after taxes. You just told me that ain't shit. Well, well, I don't know what is shit to you. $200,000 a year? Well, you got to remember the taxes go up on that. Right. So in some ways, you're only going to be bringing home, even when you say 200 grand a year. Let's go to 200 grand. That's times 200 grand times 
again, we're going up to 40 point 40 because you're in a higher tax bracket. Right. That's eighty thousand dollars. So now you take away eighty thousand dollars from that. Now we got one hundred twenty thousand one hundred twenty thousand divided by fifty two comes out to two thousand three hundred and seven dollars. Two thousand three hundred and seven dollars or two hundred thousand a year. Now, that seems like great money, doesn't it? Shit, let's look at what you make every week. Let's look at that. <laughs> let's look at what you make every week. Let's take that 2000 This time, that time's $52,000. cash in your pocket. $119,000 cash in your pocket, right? Right. Did I take out your college loans? Did I take out your continuing education? Did I take out the fact that companies can come and go? Did I take out all the problems that people deal with who have educations and all the drama that comes with that? I didn't take out that because not in the math. Because that's what I avoid. Because that person paid $200,000 for their education. Right. I could get close to that or half of that and I didn't pay $5,000 for mine. My company paid for my schooling. Depends on how you look at it. Now, am I telling you not to make two hundred grand, brother? Please. No, 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 no. No, I'm not. Right. I'm just telling you, put this shit in perspective, because even though you see two thousand dollars a week, I want you to listen to Dave Ramsey. Right. If you listen to Dave Ramsey, I have heard people come in and say, I'm a nine thousand dollar a month family. And we without nine thousand dollars a month, we can't live. And Dave had to tell him tough shit. If you don't learn to live on what you make, it doesn't matter how high those numbers go. And by the way, that guy who I told you was making 70 cents per mile, 70 cents per mile. Let's assume it's 70 cents per mile. He's doing 2,000. Well, no, no, no. Let's say this is what he told me. 70 cents per mile, 2,500 times 0.70 cents. That is $1,700. That's after his payments and everything. He's doing almost 200 grand a year. And it's still not enough. Still not enough. Still not enough. Still struggling. <sighs> Please do the math on whatever you do. Learn to live on less than you make. And learn that when you break down anything mathematically, $200,000 a year, $400,000 a year, $500,000 a year, when you take out all the expenses, all the re-education, and all the things that people pay for, a lot of times... It is not as much as you think. And those people still have to live on a budget or they will go broke. They will go broke. It takes five seconds to, you know, what? you may look at $2,000 a week and be like, man, you can live on that forever. No, if you keep the same lifestyle, you can live on that forever. But nine times a 10, people don't. They got to buy a brand new car. They got it. That costs a thousand dollars a month. I just saw a guy driving. I was in a rich neighborhood. I saw a guy driving the brand new hundred no, no, $89,000 Lincoln, brand new. So that means if he's paying for that on notes, that's about $1,000 including insurance, more than $1,000 a month. House note in that neighborhood was probably upwards to three to $4,000, three, maybe, maybe $2,000, i give him that. We just spent $3,000, which is a week and some change of what you already make at $200,000 a year, and that was just keeping up with the Joneses. Here's a thought. If you want to get into trucking or you want to get into this big money or you have this big dream, ain't nothing wrong with it. But break it down. Think about put it in a budget and break down what you really want. Because if you see those numbers, 
you notice as you get more and more money, you start taking the taxes out because that number is just my safety number. That's just lets me know it'll, it's always more than that. It's always more less than that taken out of your check, but it's my safety number. Okay, my 40%, my safety number, my 30%. The reason I use that number is so it makes me put things in a budget perspective. If I got more money, great. If I got less money, I'm perfect. You know what I mean? I'm right at that much. Well, I won't end up with less money is what I mean. Okay. And I put it in perspective. I put it in a budget and that's what I actually keep. That's what you really make. Okay. So if you make $800 a week, right? That's pretty damn good to me. But if it's not to you, don't become a truck driver. <laughs> because a lot of us are living on that. And a lot of people out there living regular lives are living on that. And a lot of guys be like, well, man, that's not worth going away from home. And again, you don't want to be a truck driver. You just said it. It ain't worth going away from home. That's not wanting to be a truck driver. You want to make money. Go do something else to make money. Go do something else to make money. I don't want to make money. Money's nice, but I want to be a truck driver. I want to be a truck driver. And be like, well, you will go away from home. I don't go away from home. I'm home every night. Oh, that's because I want to do it. And so I looked outside the box for jobs. I just called a company today. They pay a dollar thirty four a mile. I could get to that two hundred thousand dollar range and not even own a truck and be a company driver. But guess why? Why do you think I'm able to achieve that? Why do you think I'm able to do that? You think it's because I'm brilliant? I've been doing trucking forever, all that shit. Nope. Basic thing. I'm doing what I want, and I'm and I'm breaking things down mathematically, looking at how much money can be made. Okay. Most guys, they get in trucking. They don't use math. They use their emotions. They go through the early years of not making that much money, and then they jump out the industry. And then you tell them, man, why don't you go in car hauling? Too dangerous. Why don't you go? Um, Unload trucks. They pay 80000 Too dangerous. <laughs> what you going to do? I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to spend, you know, $60,000 and hopefully get me a job that pays two hundred. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. But you're still only in it for the money. You forgot about the re-education. Because you know how I know that's a big deal? Guess who I hear talk about that? Guys, I used to train. That's all they talk about. You know how much money I spend on getting a new education? You know how much money I spend on keeping up with, you know, the, the payments on my house, the payments on my car, blah, 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 blah. All that said, all that rant done, please break down everything you do mathematically to a weekly pay and understand, okay, that you got to live off what you really make, not the dream money what you really make <laughs> okay and if you want to make that 200 grand a year hey i'm not knocking you go do it but make sure it's after taxes <laughs> make sure it's after continuing learning you know make sure it's the real money you make and again i, I challenge i'm gonna give you another challenge out there to break it down even more and put it in perspective take the money what is the 200,000 800 a week whatever you take in right and i want you to do something very basic very very basic okay I want you to take that money. I want you to take out all the things that you that you need to pay for. And I want you to put why you need to pay for. Them. And every time there's not a good enough reason, I want you to take it out of the category. So every time you put down something you don't really need, I want you to take it out. And when you do that, 
I want you to realize that I guarantee you all of a sudden you can live off five or six hundred dollars a week. Try. It's a little challenge. Anyway, let's move on from that rant to the last rant I'm going to do today, which is the break one nine. Now, this break one nine is for the recent uh, judge situation that occurred where the Supreme Court judge was uh, accused of sexual attempted sexual assault many years ago. The problem I have with this is that nobody lives a squeaky clean life. Nobody has, especially not when you go back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. No one's that great. (laughs) That's right. Nobody's that good. Right. And I just it's hilarious because it's the Democrats doing it, which is funny to me because the Democrats are the last people you think would do that because the Democrats are the people who, for lack of a better word, they're the they're the druggies. I mean, they are. They're the druggies. It's just like Hollywood. Hollywood was big on going after the Catholic Church back when they had the sex allegations. Right. And as they were covering up for these children. Oh, my God, this is so bad. Right. Me, too, comes along. Now, who's been covering up sex abuse? Now, who's really been covering up sexual abuse? All right. Oh, we didn't know Harvey Weinstein was doing it. You, you, they call it the best kept secret, the best known secret in Hollywood. Known. Everybody knew it. You just didn't say it to anybody outside of Hollywood. Because a lot of you motherfuckers are guilty of the same shit. And that's and that dude was current active. Right. Not somebody who this guy was to me the Supreme Court. He was like so many old dudes who brag about all the drugs they did back in the day. And like most dummies, they don't realize that when you were high on that shit and your nose was bleeding. Right. You were sitting around fucked up. You were doing wrong. A lot of times, some of you motherfuckers slept with girls who were nowhere near 18. Some of you idiots, you know, got in traffic accidents. You didn't realize it. You just walked away from them. It's all types of shit people did when they were fucked up back in the day when they were in college. Because back in the day, that shit was thought to be cool and legendary. You know, it just it's amazing how we 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 love to brag about these great times but then when people bring up the bad shit, everybody was going, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, that's just tragic. I mean, who would do this? Like, dude, you probably did the same thing. Fucked up on cocaine. You know, when you were sitting there bragging about it. You know, if you got home, you know, it's amazing. You talk to somebody and they'll be like, man, I got home and I don't even remember how I got home that night. Ha ha ha. And it's like they don't realize you were drunk driving all the way home. You were drunk driving all the fucking way home endangering tons of people's lives and you're laughing about it because it's 20 years later (laughs) right but if you want to do something great in your life you might not want to laugh too hard because that shit could be brought up later yeah i don't personally look i don't personally believe in dwelling in shit 20 years ago and also i don't believe in you know because i felt bad for these women some of them were like oh my, my assault doesn't matter she's screaming on the the, the elevator it's like you feel bad for her because it's like lady you gotta move on you know people when i say this all the time i say this, you know as part of this is lack of religion you know lack of religion religion teaches you to forgive and it teaches you to let go of shit and it also teaches you to move on because <laughs> you gotta move on you know in the hood when you grow up like i did in the hood you know dudes who used to be gangster crips and g's and all that shit and now they grandpas <laughs> you know that's who they used to be you know I, I wish I wish we were I wish our country 
understood that like this these are one of the things this is one of the reasons you know you have religious to learn to move on to learn to spiritually move on so you don't sit and and mold and and rage about and about shit that's never going to change you know it's just never going to whatever happened to you 20 years ago gonna keep it's always happened to you you've had that poor lady had 20 rape free years that she has spent her entire life focused on what happened years ago and that's just sad and you kind of wish you'd be like you know because it's funny i was talking to a guy when i was talking to a guy we would listen to a podcast and it was of this guy who was like learning to forgive his father who was abusive and i'm listening to him and basically he's doing he did a drug he went through all this stuff and is supposed to help him understand and become this better person and it didn't it just made it worse (laughs) he keeps bringing it up every 15 minutes and the real reason is because it's not that you need to deal with it. That's the delusion. That's the analytical delusion. You need to deal with your past. No, you need to let it go. That's <laughs> what you're learning. You know, you go to a church. You learn these things. I know a lot of people don't like church and God, right? Do something though. Get get some type of spiritualness or something. But you have to let shit go. <laughs> you can't you can't deal. People kill me. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to now. No, you're not. You're just going to talk about it till you become numb to it and you think is you're over it. That's not helping you. You have to stop living it every day. It's stupid to talk about something that happened 20 years ago today when it's not fucking happening. Let it go. <laughs> That's what you got to learn to do. And if those rules of religions, right over us and our talking snake beliefs, right? But you learn these things in that place called church. <laughs> you do. We call it leaving it with God. I'm going to let the Lord handle that. Leaving it with the Lord. Stop thinking about it. Stop dwelling on it. Because that's the thing. You're trying to make it not hurt and think you're dealing with it. You can't. You If you are focused on the past, even when you're trying to deal with it, you're still focused on the past. You have to let it go. <laughs> let it go. Stop worrying about it. Stop threatening over it. It's 20 years ago. But anyway... I don't believe you should be prosecuted for what happened in your past. I think you should have the chance to move on. The first part, NAFTA looks like it's going to be the new NAFTA deal. It's going to be good, looks like, but we got to see what the other deals are going to be because it could backfire, raising the price of uh, automobiles in the United States of America, may not creating this. Basically, it's an automobile minimum wage may not turn out right if they can go to China, Africa or other countries and we don't have the proper trade deals to balance that one deal out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my opinion on it. What do you think? And two, do not get caught up with money. Okay? Money's great. Okay? I know I went on a tangent there a little bit. But money's great. I love money. Right? But if you don't break it down at 52, right, think about it sometimes. You may look at making $800 a week as nothing. But if you if you still ain't got that money, if you still ain't doing shit with it, what are you doing? Break it down in 52 weeks. Realize how much you're blowing on what? Break it down. Did you really get 40 grand in your pocket and you have nothing? Think about that. Anyway, truckdriver101.com. Hope all these rants help you. <laughs> um, so I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, I'm going to do a lot of quick posts. Uh, this week 
and they're going to be very short, just answering specific questions. Talk to you guys later. Truck Driver, 101.com.